Hello, hello. This is Professor Hunter from Pan Man. I am delighted to recommend Gruesome Herzog's podcast to the outside world. His infamous interviews are some of the best in the business. He's deliciously diabolical. <laughs> Hey, this is Sean Kane, director of Silent Night, Zombie Night, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hello, this is Natalie Sheets. I play Jenna in the film Madison County, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hey, horror fans, this is Ace Marrero, and you are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Dig it! I'm Jessica Funneborn, and I'm listening to Gruesome Herzog. This is Yvette Corbea, and most of you know me as Marla from Run, Bitch, Run. She's a really evil, crazy bitch. And you guys are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hi, this is David Z. Stamp, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzogs. Hey, this is Bill Oberst, Jr. I play Dale in the film Dismal. And as Dale would say, let me tell you something. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. You got Dale's word on that. Hey, this is James Cotton. I'm a director, writer, producer. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Jack Harrison, action actor and stunt coordinator of all three stunt teams. I played the character Idiot in the movie Dismal, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. This is Gruesome Herzog. My very special guest today is actress, writer, producer, Rodlene Getzik. She played Bunny in The Bunny Game. 
How's it going, Rodley? Hi, I'm glad to be here this morning with you, Gruesome. Thank you very much for taking your time from me. I basically have you on here for one of the hot items. Um, it's going to be even hotter uh, once people get a chance to see it. Is the bunny game. Um, there's a lot of uh, mystique and um, things surrounding the film. Um, when I, as you know, I reviewed it and watched it, and I said it's probably mm-hmm. one of the most disturbing films I've seen in a long time. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just the <laughs> way it was made and what you see. Um, I gave it a, a big number. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think I gave it a 9 out of 10, I think. I think that's what it was. I think so. But as a heavily... You know, I mean, it, your mind works in mysterious ways. Don't you agree, Radlene? Something that's My so, mind? Anybody's mind. You know, <laughs> it's something, yes. something so disturbing, but you still give it a high score. Because that's basically... Basically, you want to watch a movie that's actually going to affect you in one way or another. That's how you know it's good. So that's mm. how I judge my movies. But anyways... I'm sure you got some good stories because th- this movie's been was in the making for quite some time. Um, if you want to, you can give the listeners an idea of the experience that you had making it, and you can say whatever you want. Okay. Well, yeah, the movie, the movie, we we prepared for the movie for quite some time, for years, but the actual filming of it took place in about 13 days. Okay. It was a very, very boom bada bang shoot Um, but prior to that we prepared for many years I mean the story is just you know on and on we'd started we'd started to do the film in 2005 uh, with another lead actor uh, who's going to be the antagonist or whatever you call and um, he ended up backing out Right before, two weeks before production, uh, he got freaked out. He actually wouldn't talk to Adam and I about it at all. Uh, He had a full beard and long hair for the part, and he shaved completely and would refuse to talk to us. Um, All he said is that he shaved and he's done. He's not doing the film. That was um, Greg Gilmore. Well, Greg Gilmore is Jonas, and he's in the next film that Adam's putting out. But he ended up, you know, working with Adam. But the reason why he didn't want to do the film, he said, was because of me. He was afraid that something really bad was going to happen, like he could kill me. Right. Yeah, because actually what what people don't realize, there wasn't no script for this movie. None whatsoever. Right. It was improvisational. Right. And, uh... The guy that uh, that did do it, um, I think he was a, a very talented actor. I mean, some mm-hmm. of the stuff that he does. I mean, it's Are you talking about Renfro or or Gilmore? Hmm. I'm talking about. Uh, no, no, I'm talking about uh, Renfro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Renfro, yeah. the guy yeah. who actually yes. did end up yeah. playing Hog. Well, I got some stuff to talk about Gilmore too. Um, okay. He's a he's a phenomenal actor too, but I'll exp- I'll get in detail of that too. But with um, Renfro is um, what was so what made Bunny Game to me so creepy and disturbing is the fact is I'm in that truck driving world. Okay, so we have a connection there. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, and the stuff that he would do, like he would walk to the end of the trailer, lean against a wall, 
smoke a cigarette like I did, you know, all truck yeah. drivers do it, and it was so surreal. And then you add in the what happened to you in the film, and then because in most films like Bunny Game, well, I should say most films that's not like Bunny Game, they'll have the torture as- aspect of it. I mean, they'll they'll, they'll throw the the fancy um, gore and stuff. But with mm-hmm. this film, it was more like a... It's I told you before, it's hard to explain. People have to see it in order to get their own judgment of it. But his performance, it, it's stuff that he... I mean, I can't go into detail. I don't want to ruin it because people didn't see it. But the whole movie was just put together so well. And with the black and white on top of it yet, made it even more disturbing to me. But it's a good film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and Renfro, Jeff Renfro, who plays the hog, um, the truck driver, and he is, he's, he is a truck driver in real life, and he really knows, you know, he knows what it's like to be a truck driver because he's put in like hundreds of thousands of hours as a teamster. And he's actually genuinely a really, really nice guy, like, like truck drivers are. I mean, I'm out here on the road right now, you know, driving, I like driving with the trucks, and it just reminds me of all the years of my connection with truck drivers and how much I love I love them. And I love, I, when I was younger and I used to drive a lot around in, in, when I was a teenager, um, I would drive, you know, from state to state and explore and stuff. Was like, I would always drive with the truck drivers, and I had this old Maverick, 76 Maverick that would overheat all the time at the radiator, but these guys, the truck drivers, they would they would like be contacting each other with their CBs yep. and following me and making sure I was okay and stopping. And they're like, "You got to just keep driving through because the desert's too hot to drive during the night. We'll help ya. Yep. you. Yep. Know? <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It, you know. Just, that was a tangent, but <laughs> no, no, it's fine. No, it's fine because. Um, if you ever watched BJ and the Bear, since you mentioned about the truck drivers. Oh, I remember that, yeah. but I don't really. It was a long time ago. Or, actually, I'm wrong. Convoy, where each trucker talked to each trucker. Mm. Yeah, that, that's a... Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so like cool. I said, yeah, the, I, I just can't wait to see um, this thing get out there and for people to see. Because I'm telling you something, anybody who watches this, I don't care who you are, you can say anything you want, you're full of shit. If this movie does, does, does not disturb you in one way or another, then you're not human. You're not human. That's all I well, got I have, a, I have one of my truck driver friends. Um, he came over to watch it at my house, the private screening, and he brought his, his roommate over. Well, my friend chickened out, the truck driver. He, I mean, he, he decided he did not want to watch it because I kept telling him, I'm like, you, got, you can't get up during the middle of this film. You know, you're going to have to watch it. We can't pause it. you got to, like, endure this film. Um, because if we stop it, you know, there could be some bad repercussions, really, like, energetically. Right. And um, it just really freaked him out. I think it booted him out. And plus, he's a truck driver, and he's like, I don't want to see you hurt, Rodbean. And I'm a truck driver, and I'm a nice truck driver. <laughs> <laughs> well, I made that same statement to you. After the after review, that's right. And I said it in the review. I said I should have waited to talk to Rod Lean 
after I watch this film and not before watching the film because it gave me a different feeling watching it. I mean, we all understand that it's a it's a movie. I you know you have to separate realistic to movies, but I'm, I, it's hard to explain. I told you before. I mean, people have to understand what you see in this film is not your typical horror film. It's not your typical torture hostile film. This is like so. It's it looks very very real. I mean, it's not. You mm-hmm. know, you understand what I'm saying? It's not blown out of proportion. It's actually what happened well, to you. It happened to somebody. I'm sure event somewhere along the world. Yeah. It's creepy. Well, and it's it. You know, it, it is really like looking at the what ifs of a of a of a girl that's been abducted because I've had real life experiences where I've been abducted. I've you know I've been in very dangerous situations um, in my youth, and um, and I've even had I've even ha- gotten a ride with truck drivers. One truck driver looked over at me while we're driving down the road. I was on the 101 going north down by Lompoc, Santa Maria, California. And this truck driver looks over at me and he's like, Rodleen, God wants me to ask you if I can have sex with you. What? (laughs) Can you let me out now, please? Uh, No, the answer's no. And, you know, I was blessed because he let me out. But, I mean, situations like that, you know, you, you brush... You brush shoulders with, you know, or horns or whatever with these. Oof. You know, there are people out there that are like Hog, like Hog is exhibiting. I mean, you know, there are people that you can't trust. There are people that want to hurt other people. You know, there are psychopaths out there. Right. And, and I, I've I've met them. <laughs> I just wish that this movie was out and everybody's seen it because I would love to talk more about this. I mean, some of the stuff in here is so <laughs> off the wall. I mean, oh. it's just, oof, you know. But I, I'm going to bring up a, a, a comment earlier about Gilmore. Um, I watched okay. a, I was talking to Adam the other day, and he mentioned about a short film that he did um, mm. with Greg Gilmore was in it. Um, Henry and... Um, Maud? No. Melvin. Wait. <laughs> Melvin. Henry and Melvin. Excellent, excellent <laughs> short film. And I think, oh, my God. I think that's right, <laughs> the name-wise. But... That uh, yeah. Greg Gilmore, um, I mean, he had a great performance. Yeah, you, know, you know, it just that film. I, I reviewed it actually. I Marvin. Post, Marvin, yes. I posted <laughs> Henry it. Henry and Marvin. Yep, I posted it on my. I did, I did a review, and I was. It's not your horror, oh. but I call it a. Um, basically, what it is, it's a, it's a thriller, psychological. Yeah. Um, with a yeah, touch of horror. Yeah, because it is kind of a horror. Yeah, like, a touch of it's horror. a horrific story. Yeah, yeah. In in all. And that's where I gain respect for Greg Gilmore because the role that he played there, it's not easy to do. He didn't say very much, but it no. was so it, it was so unique on how he taught poor Marvin how a red sticker to push. That was clever <laughs> writing. But I don't want to get off yeah. track there. But I gained a lot of respect for Greg after watching him pull that off and for Adam yeah. you know Adam has a a unique way of writing and uh, he's going to be a uh, Adam's going to be one of the, one of the ones you got to look out for in the future I think as he has the talent he really Adam does. is currently one of the ones to look out for now I mean he is he's so talented he's such a talent his his camera work is stellar 
I mean, he is like he, nobody does what he does. Right. right. He's magic. The way that he and I work together, because we've we've done a lot of shooting over the past however many years, um, and a lot of like test shotting and photography and. I mean, it's it's total magic when we're together. It's yep. like we know what each other's doing, and um, that's how we made the bunny game. You know, we we basically, it, it I mean, it basically created itself. We we really didn't write down the scenes. The only thing that was written down was was the games and kind of like, you know, okay, we're gonna see, we're gonna do these johns and we're gonna have these these games. When when the guy you know when the um, when the trucker abducts us and even during this whole time we didn't have any names for anybody other than my character Bunny she her name wasn't Bunny and the film wasn't even called the Bunny Game okay this was while we were filming it um, her name was Sylvia Gray and we we discovered Sylvia Gray um, kind of just appeared to us. To Adam and I, when we were at Hollywood Forever Cemetery one afternoon, test shooting for the film, and we we really wanted to find a soul for the film for this girl, right. and really it wasn't like a specific person. I mean, she just she she kind of appeared to us through a number of of names in the mausoleum, and from there, I mean, her soul came into me, Sylvia Gray. I mean, her whole story started getting built. Right. Through this this um, soul being born there at the cemetery, so we just really played it out. I mean, we didn't plan it at all. We just played it. That's what we played the story. That's what that's what's remarkable to me is how you guys pulled that off. Because when Adam told me that that there was no script, I was like, wow. I mean, that's improvising. You know. Yeah, we just we just have to trust that the story is being told. It's just like playing music. It's it. That's what a musician will do. Um, you know, like a jazz musician or or someone who's just creating a song. Um, you just create it. You just trust that it's happening, and there it is. You catch it. It's like a ride. It's like a wave, yeah. and then you just ride it. And and if you can capture that on film or on a tape, then you've got something to share. Yep. And even the music that was played went along with oh, the film. Yeah. And speaking of music, now, to get off the bunny game, um, you uh, posted a YouTube video, uh, basically a tribute to the Japanese with Tsami. Is that how you say that? Tsami or Sami or how you say it? Oh, the tsunami. And tsunami, the yeah, excuse me, tsunami, yeah. And you did a video, a tribute to them. Um, i seen it. I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. I never really... Yeah. I never realized the talent that you have as a musician. I mean, now I do, but before Bunny Game, I, you know, it's common sense. I mean, I don't know everybody, but <laughs> <laughs> but once I get the taste of the music that you do, so I've been checking out some YouTube videos. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to explain the how that song came about with the Japanese? Well, yeah, it's just like what I was just describing, like the improvisational mm-hmm. experience of capturing art it that song um i just pressed record on the laptop and and it came out and it was like right when you know the the earthquakes were happening and the 
the tsunamis were starting, the warnings were happening in the West Coast, and it was just like I, the energy in the air was so thick. Um, and um, and I just felt the world. I mean, that song is it's for Japan, but it's also for the world. Right. And I, you know, the the things that I say in that song came from an inspiration, and um, they weren't written down or anything. And it just, I really believe it comes from somewhere cosmic, yep. you know, somewhere deep. I've done that before. <laughs> My mother-in-law, who passed away in December of cancer uh, a year and a half ago. Oh, God yeah. bless God bless her. And she heard some of my music, and my father-in-law came to me and asked me if I would be willing to sing Amazing Grace at the funeral. And Aww. Now, that song's a hard song. I, mean, I have a deep voice, but I can I can just the voice-wise, and I did it. As a matter of fact, I think it's on YouTube somewhere. I played. I no used, way. I would love to see that. I did a slideshow with all pictures of her, and I had amazing, me sing Amazing Grace in a plan. But I will find that for you, and I'll send it to it's you. It's under Scott Guider. Yeah, it should be. I will look for it. I about you. And she thought your name is Gruesome Heart Song. <laughs> and so every time, like since then, I, I, like yesterday, I was like, oh, yeah, Gruesome Heart Song. And every time I hear that, I hear this, like, belting out voice, like, oh, I don't know. It's like, and I can see this, um, I can see you. <laughs> Just like belting out this this music as yeah. gruesome heart song. Back to I'm thinking of the bunny game, and um, how w- what we did was we we basically just did it, and um, and that's that's usually that's how I like to create art. Like I don't um, I don't keep trying to do different takes. And like even if I'm in the studio, music wise, like I I sing on. Um, Deftones White Pony. It's it's an album that came out years ago now, but it's it's a piece that I'm quite proud of. Of um, on the um, it's called Nice Party, and that piece when it came out in the studio, it's it's all improv. It was not a trying thing. It wasn't like I was trying to do it. It was like that's how it came out. It just came out in one one swoop of of experience. Um, it's more of a strategy. But, it's more of a strategy. But as far as as far as the the drinking and the drugs, um, we didn't use any real alcohol or real drugs in the film. That was one thing about our film that was that was staged, and that's uh, you know all the drug use. Um, obviously, it was not real drugs and real alcohol. And my philosophy on that is that the best. The best life is a conscious life, is right. a pure, you know, sober life. And any kind of drugs or alcohol is just going to take you away from living that conscious life, from right. being present and living out your purpose, your highest goal. And it just takes us away from from our path. Right. So sobriety is, um, you know, the best way to live. Sure. Um, we talk quite often more, you know, so it won't be the last time we communicate, but uh, I really do appreciate you coming on. Um, I think you are a uh, very special young lady. You have a lot of talent. And, Thank uh, you, Grusom. No problem. And you have that charm about you that's, that's what I like about you. You're, you're down to earth. You're real. You know, and uh, you're like me. We're real. We're not frauds. There's a lot of frauds in this world. Of course, 
that'll never stop. But anyways, I do appreciate you coming on my podcast today and do an interview. And uh, thank you. Yep, and I wish you all the best, and uh, I want you to stay in touch. Okay, sweetie. Well, you have a. Um, I'll talk to you soon. Yes, I will. You will. Okay. Take care, dear. All right. Have See a good ya. day. Bye. Bye. Hello, hello. This is Professor Hunter from Pan Man. I am delighted to recommend Gruesome Herzog's podcast to the outside world. His infamous interviews are some of the best in the business. He's deliciously diabolical. <laughs> Hey, this is Sean Kane, director of Silent Night, Zombie Night, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hello, this is Natalie Sheets. I play Jenna in the film Madison County, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hey, horror fans, this is Ace Marrero, and you are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Dig it! I'm Jessica Funneborn, and I'm listening to Gruesome Herzog. This is Yvette Corbea, and most of you know me as Marla from Run, Bitch, Run. She's a really evil, crazy bitch. And you guys are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hi, this is David Z. Stamp, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzogs. Hey, this is Bill Oberst, Jr. I play Dale in the film Dismal. And as Dale would say, let me tell you something. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. You got Dale's word on that. Hey, this is James Cotton. I'm a director, writer, producer. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Jack Harrison, action actor and stunt coordinator of all three stunt teams. I played the character Idiot in the movie Dismal, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog.